Taylor Decker's on my All-22 fantasy team. Stop. They don't care. So the strategic component to this game is through the roof. Your predictions, right, your forecasting in fantasy football into how good is this player? This is going to, it's going to change the industry. Yeah. yeah. I moved to the old town where it goes down. Look at me now. I wrote my goals down. I hold it down. Made myself proud. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the All 22 podcast. You got Chris and Ray. And uh, Ray, I woke up this morning to check my scores and I just couldn't believe it's week eight already. Yeah. I, I lost count of how many weeks we are into the season, like three weeks ago, because it was just like, it was a blur. It's a blur. It does not feel like eight weeks have gone by since this whole thing started, but that's what happens when you're having fun. And uh, we really need to just kind of hold on as tight as we can and, and cherish this because it goes by quick. I think the reason why it doesn't feel like week eight is because I look at the teams and I still feel like there's so much unknown. Like it's, it's, it's the Eagles and the 49ers. And then I don't know in the NFC, like I have no idea, like the lions, are they legit or I, I don't know. Cause anytime they, play a good team they they haven't really done that great um and then it's like the afc is still like just like what are what are the dolphins right like are they actually good or no same kind of thing it's like whenever they play a good team it doesn't really go that well so like i just feel like there's still so much unknown and it's week eight already that's what that actually that's what i like about this year more than most because even the chiefs they're not like a high-flying superpower chiefs yet Maybe they they will be, you know, Mahomes, we've seen him just turn it on even this year, but like, they're not just, you know, this Death Star team that's just throwing all over the place and just destroying everybody either. So, uh, yeah, it's actually a really, it's a really fun season in that regard because no one has just kind of clearly just separated themselves from everybody else where it's like, okay, we're all just waiting to see who X team plays in the Super Bowl or in the conference championship game. Like it's, it's still pretty open. It's very open. And uh, as a Packer fan, I keep going back and forth. Like, do I want them to beat the Vikings this week? Do I want that to happen? Do I want to keep winning? Obviously I want to beat the Vikings, but do I want to keep winning? Or is it like Joe Alt is looking really appetizing as a uh, top 10 pick that we might have pretty soon. So I, I, I don't know what the Packers are doing, but that's kind of where my mind's at. You're you're gonna beat the Vikings. You're gonna beat the Vikings, and you're gonna draft a you're gonna you're gonna draft another quarterback uh, to sit and wait for three years after you give Love his fair shake, and then you'll give this other quarterback his fair shake in 2027, mm-hmm. and uh, you know just continue the cycle. I post I posted on Twitter my joke, and it didn't get nearly as much love as I thought it would. <laughs> but the uh, the Caleb Williams joke, where it's like he wants ownership stake in whatever team he goes to, and it's like. The Packers can offer that, and it's like a little certificate that you hang on your wall. And right? I thought it's it was like, good. I thought it was good. It was like, yeah, like that Stone Cold meme during COVID, where he's like, "Yeah, I ain't gonna hell yeah," and then like the crowd is empty. They pan to the crowd, and there's just no one there because it's COVID. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like that. Like I thought it was actually good, but there was just no one there to see it. You know? Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's probably just because I have like three Twitter followers, but yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, do you want to talk about the game last night at all before we jump into like? The meat. Yeah, I thought, I mean, it was, there's a lot I could take away from this game. I mean, the, the, the Bucks offense kind of is what it is. I think just overall, it's not, it's not deadly. It's not lethal. They, they fell behind and then kind of, you know, through penalties and, you know, I don't want to call it pure garbage time because it wasn't pure garbage time as we see the game came down to a Hail Mary, but they're, they're most, they they moved the ball when it was just checkdowns late during the four-minute offense and advanced by penalty twice on fourth down. So overall, there's issues with the offense. I think the offensive line hit and miss. I think overall, it's kind of holding up, um, but certainly isn't a massive strength. Baker is what he is. He's a starter. He's, he's a bit limited. And they have just about two weapons on that on that offense. And that's Evans and Godwin. And that's about it. Um, and in today's NFL, that's, it's really not enough. And that's just kind of what you see play out on the flip side. I feel like the bills are still not what people expect of them. They're, they're not, they're not this, Hey, Josh Allen is going to just be very pointsy, put up a ton of points and just kind of make things into a track meet where you have to keep up with him. 
and just kind of you know wear you out. I don't I don't see that from the Bills either. So it turned out to be a good game between two teams that I feel like are not playing up to what they're capable of for the most part. So um, I don't know, but but Thursday night games are like I think incrementally getting better overall, which is which is kind of good to see. They were they've been awful for years, and mm-hmm. we're still pretty poor at the start of the year for the most part. And I feel like we're not acknowledging that they're actually pretty pretty good lately. Yeah, they have been. And I think you know I'm a I'm a Rashid White guy. Like I think he's pretty good. Like I that offensive line's just not very good, right? Like you have worse, and then it's rough. Um, I think he would be a good player on that team if that offensive line was good. I mean, he led the team in receiving yards. So, you know, he's obviously contributing to that offense, but then the bill side, it's, it's just the injuries to that defense. I think this defense is a top five defense healthy, but you lose your number one corner. You lose your star middle linebacker, your, uh, your edge rusher Von Miller is kind of injured and on, it's like on a snap count. And then Ed Oliver's playing hurt. Right. So it's like, it's just not what it could be, and I think that's taking away. But, I mean, regardless, you'd expect that offense to be a lot better, and it's that's not happening. And I, I don't have the answer. I don't know why. I mean, Josh Allen doesn't look as good as he should at this point in the year. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't really know. I don't know what the secret is for them. People talked about before the season how, like, if you have the same head coach-quarterback combo for five years and you don't win a Super Bowl – there's like a, it's never happened that that combo will go and win a Super Bowl. So it's like, is it just that like, it's kind of overdone and dry, and it's like time to time to create something fresh and and creative? Because um, I could definitely see that happening if the season keeps going the way it's going by the not during the season, but before next year. Yeah, and I mean, he overall had a good game yesterday. It's just that he's been pretty inconsistent throughout the year as far as just sometimes putting the ball in harm's way. Um, I, I, I get the whole phenomenon about, hey, if it doesn't happen in the first five years, it, it just doesn't happen. And when you dig deeper, is that because for the most part, a lot of it is either rookie quarterbacks, you know, coming into new regimes and they take advantage of that rookie contract window, so to speak, for a quarterback, right? And that that little cheat code in and of itself. Um or if there's more to it, I mean, every situation is different. I, I certainly wouldn't call the Bills window closed, but I do think comparatively to where they've been over the last couple of years, just the roster health overall, and I'm not just talking physical health, is in a bit of a valley right now. I do think they need to get a bit younger and more dynamic on that defense. Like you mentioned, um, there's injuries to a couple of their key pieces, but when a, a key piece to your pass rush which is probably the most important aspect of the team after you know quarterback play is a what 32 plus year old you know von miller you know who's had a major knee injury i mean that's that's just not good enough when when the time comes so uh you know i think there's there's some moves to be made there in buffalo to extend that window and take advantage of the window that they have um more so than just saying hey you know it's it's been five years didn't work Let's just let's move on. Let's bring in, uh, I don't know, insert head coach here now and see if they can make a difference. I, I do think there's some issues with the roster that needs some addressing uh, overall, too. Yeah, and that draft class, you you look at it and it, it we look at what the Chiefs did this draft, right? And they are the last couple drafts and they go in and they're getting these young defensive players that are immediately contributing and being difference makers to make this team well-rounded, right? Maybe... Patrick Mahomes doesn't have all the weapons that he should have, but you trust Patrick Mahomes to be able to do it with what he has, right? And you strengthen the defensive side of the ball. But the Bills go and get Dalton Kincaid and Osiris Torrance with their first two picks. And Kincaid being a tight end, like we know tight ends take time. Like, yes, he has been a decent receiving weapon for them, but like it's going to be three, four years before we see full Dalton Kincaid, right? We're seeing that now with like TJ Hawkinson, right? Like tight end takes time. So you kind of look at that pick and you say, yeah, it's probably good for the long term, but it's not really helping right now. And like Kyir Elam last year as their first round pick, like he hasn't panned out. And, you know, they drafted a running back in the second round last year and James Cook, like he's been okay. But like, I guarantee you could have gotten that production from a fourth round pick, right? Like there's running backs 
up and down the draft that you can get plug in and like they'll do fine. So I think it's like an allocation of resource thing, which is like all of, you know, all 22, that's what we're about, right? It's like, how are you allocating your resources? And you can see the the difference uh, taking a running back in the second round will have on your roster as opposed to defensive interior or linebacker. So, you know, I think it's just that roster building strategy that maybe I'm not super aligned with on the bills. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's definitely at play here. Yeah, um, agreed. But at the same time, kind of what we mentioned at the start, right? Even the Chiefs have not completely separated themselves from everybody else. So it's still not like, oh, it's still anybody's game. But realistically, anybody can come out of that conference now. And even with the Chiefs either not operating at full capacity, or excuse me, the Bills not operating at full capacity uh, thus far, it's still good enough or dangerous enough if they do fire on all cylinders to make a run again, because things are, you know, there, there is parody now. So, um, they need to be better. I think there's like, we, like we mentioned, I think right to sum up, they can be better. Um, there's some issues with the roster, but the chance is still there to, to make a run if they can put this thing together, uh, over the next eight weeks. So I'm, I'm excited for it. And that takes us to the next point, right? So Wednesday, November 1st, I believe is the NFL trade deadline, right? And these are teams, the Chiefs and the Bills, like we're saying, not playing at full capacity could be players in that market. Like you'd love the Chiefs to go and add a receiver that can be a difference maker for Mahomes to take that offense to the next level. You'd love to see the Bills go get a linebacker to secure that defense um, or a corner, right? So we are probably, you know, most of our leagues, right? You can choose your trade deadline, but I'm assuming a lot of people chose it to be either after this week or the week after some crazy people do week 10, but I think it's probably on the top of your mind right now, what you should be doing, whether you're a competitor and you need to go add a piece or you're a seller, right. And you want to just kind of get rid of some older weight and get ready with more draft picks, right. So like that is the time of year we're in right now. And that's what we want to talk about today. So what guys do you think you should either be adding as a buyer or selling as a seller? And, um, Ray, I didn't go, like my list. I didn't go super in depth into like quarterback, running back, receiver, just because people could go to a million sites and do that. Um, I have a couple names. So like Matthew Stafford's my quarterback, but like in all 22, if you don't have a quarterback and it's week eight, you probably have bigger issues, right? Like there hasn't really been <laughs> a big quarterback injury since Aaron Rodgers. So if you've lost Aaron Rodgers and you didn't replace him yet, you're probably done. Um, so Stafford, right? So like if you if you are somehow competing without a quarterback. Matthew Stafford is having a breakout year. Um, but I guess my question to you, Ray, because if I look at my list, there's a very common theme. And I definitely have a strategy where if I'm a buyer, the players that I'm looking at, I don't like to spend a lot, right? Like I don't want to spend a first and second round pick to go get, you know, a young receiver like an Amon Ross St. Brown to bolster my team. I'd rather go get Mike Evans, right? With a With a third or fourth or fifth round pick go ahead, Mike Evans, because in the short term, it's probably going to have a similar effect on my team and the outcome of my team this year. And I'd rather have my first and second pick to go take two shots next year and get a younger player, uh, you know, maybe one that I believe in more than an Amon Ross St. Brown. So I'm always going to try to trade for the older player with less resources giving up than going and getting a younger player and giving more resources. But I'm not sure. Is that how you do this or is your approach completely different? Uh, it's it's a bit team dependent, but it actually is a pretty good segue into the first name that I kind of wrote down for this. And I did a little exercise uh, last night. So the timing of this, of course, is just is what it is at this point, given that we're recording here Friday morning after the Thursday night football game between uh, the Bucks and the Bills. But last night, I took just a, a quick swing through six different leagues, about a half dozen leagues, and just took note of where Chris Godwin was on people's depth charts, right? And so in looking at Chris Godwin in just these different leagues, he was a second wide receiver, a third wide receiver, third wide receiver, fifth wide receiver, fifth wide receiver, and third wide receiver. So he's no one's primary target, which, you know, I, I, obviously given given the strength of receiver this year, that makes sense, right? But the majority of teams, he's their third wide receiver option, if not later, right? And 
he's currently, and this is again, as of, you know, Thursday night kickoff, right? We'll see as, as the grades pour in and how that kind of changes or what have you. And he is dealing with a little bit of a neck injury that he played through, but currently the 12th highest graded wide receiver entering week eight in the league uh, with minimum target qualifiers and had not scored a touchdown prior to Thursday night football. So he hasn't had that like breakout takeover game, right? A lot of that attention has been on Mike Evans, who, who you mentioned um, on that bucks offense. But Chris Godwin is quietly a wide receiver one this season is nobody's wide receiver one in all 22. And given his age can probably be had for that price range that you kind of threw out there, a fifth round pick or so, because, you know, he is going to be 28 years old. He's not going to be a a top option for, you know, another five years. And a lot of people see the depth at wide receiver and, you know, they they're not married to. It's not such a scarce position that they're going to hold on deeply to a Chris Godwin if he's even their third option. When their fourth option might be a Michael Wilson or a younger player with upside who's also performing pretty well at maybe a top thirty level. So I look at Chris Godwin as someone if you need a wide receiver, like you need a true contributor there and you don't have someone good enough on waivers to just pick up and plug in, I think that's someone you can trade a you know later round draft pick for, and he'll give you good production for the next you know two years. And you know it's not just that, oh, he's a 12th graded receiver this year, and it's just kind of an upcycle for him. I mean, if you go to his you know just annual grades, I mean, he's he's been even just the last four years, 80, 81, 75, and this year, 80.8. I mean, he's He's consistent, which I think everyone knows by now. That's just the name of Godwin's game. So you know what you're going to get. You look at his weekly grades and snaps. It is just pure green just throughout every single week. So you know what you're going to get. If you need something reliable yet consistent and high scoring at the same time, that isn't going to cost a lot. I think Chris Godwin is the number one name on that list. So you're saying Chris Godwin, and I'm going through my head when you initially said the name and then you said fourth, fifth, sixth round pick, I'm like, no shot, right? Like if I have Chris Godwin, I probably want a third round pick for him, but then you have to look at it from this different angle, right? So in all 22, if you're in a 12 team league, your third round pick is a top 36 pick, right? Like you're getting a top player in the NFL draft. So like you're not, it's not like traditional fantasy where your third round pick is going to be a fifth round wide receiver, right? It's a chance you're getting a first round wide receiver to replace Chris Godwin. So, so maybe a third round pick is strong, but like, I still think it's probably a third or a fourth that I'm asking for if I have Chris Godwin. Um, But I do think that's a great name to add to the list, right? Like he is probably seen now as an older player. He has missed a few games every year due to injuries. So you know, people's kind of thoughts on him, you're right, are are kind of sinking. So is he a guy I go target? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think I'm giving anything more than a third. And I think that teams will want a third. So disagree with you a little bit on that. But, you know, it's, it is that's a good name. That's why we haven't completed a trade. That's why we haven't completed a trade. <laughs> this right you're here. For all you're the one with Chris spot. Godwin. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm telling you he's worth more. So I don't know. Um. Okay, is there anyone you wanted to mention at quarterback or running back? No, I think those are the well, the quarterback is certainly not plug and play, but if you don't have one, you just that's not really a mid season. Yeah, that's not a mid season, you know, issue that you can fix. It just doesn't work that way at quarterback, just like it does in the NFL. You don't just plug in a guy mid season and oh yeah, I fixed quarterback, so now I'm good to make a run. Just doesn't work that way in the NFL or in all twenty two. So don't really have a name. I guess like you mentioned, Stafford could be one right? Because his value, uh, I don't think anyone kind of coming into this year had the, him as their number one guy. And so if if you didn't have him on your roster and he was someone else's backup or number two, and they obviously feel strongly and feel good about their number one guy, then that's a name you could get. But otherwise, yeah, it's not it's not really a position. You could just sort of go out on the secondary market on SeatGeek and just get one and, and ride the rest of the year. Right, exactly. Um, and then running back, I'd say running back is a position that I just wouldn't trade for, right? Like I'm not giving any picks because in your sixth, seventh round of a rookie draft, like you're going to get a running back that has a chance to be a starter on an NFL team. So if you invest a fourth round pick on a running back, you're probably getting a second round running back, which is 
a guy that could be your franchise running back for four years. So I'm definitely not giving any assets that would be high value. I think you can go and look in free agency and add somebody every week and be fine um, at running back. Uh, I guess if we're just going to play devil's advocate, there are a lot of good I think the best running backs in the NFL right now are older running backs, right? Besides Bijan and, and Gibbs, it's it's uh, Christian McCaffrey, who's going to be 27. It's Saquon, Saquon who's 26. It's uh, Derrick Henry, right, who's still kind of chugging along at like 30 years old or something like that. So if you really have a need there and your team, you know, your league is just depleted at running back and free agency – my first bet would probably say go get a Derrick Henry, right? Go go trade a fifth round pick for Derrick Henry um, if that's really going to be a difference maker. But otherwise, I would just, yeah, free agency. Yeah, which it's interesting that Henry is also a name in the NFL trade deadline. Uh, some talks there. I mean, who knows? Oh, Jerry Jones wants Derrick Henry. I mean, that's it's whatever. He's always linked to big names. But I, I think Derrick Henry is or is potentially a trade target in the NFL too, for those same reasons, right? Obviously not a lot of longevity there uh, moving forward, but is a good player who someone is looking to improve that position in particular and have a good situation around him. They're going to go target that guy. Right. But just for some context in our home league, right. Our inaugural league here, I was able to draft and this is probably as late as someone drafted him this season. Maybe, you know, I'm sure there's someone out there who got him a little bit later in rookie drafts, but I got Jameer Gibbs in the fourth round of our rookie draft. So again, that's the type of running back that you can get in the rookie draft at that spot. The Lions usage of him to date, notwithstanding. I mean, that's what you're giving up if you trade a, you know, a, a top four round pick for a running back this season. You're, you're giving up, you know, one of the first two running backs drafted in the NFL draft. So just keep that in mind that, you know, that's, that could be a pretty a pretty penny to give up for an aging running back. Might fall into that fifth or later round uh, price range, like I was kind of advocating for with with Chris Godwin too. If you are targeting a running back, because you can get good young ones in the middle of a rookie draft. And our our league that we play in with our friends from back home, it's in year four. So like the the site's only been open for two years. We've been doing this for four years. So the people playing it really know how to play. So like, yeah, in your league, that's year one or two, somebody might've taken Gibbs in the first or second round. Like once you learn how to value players, like that stops happening, right? Because you just mm -hmm. see how much more valuable the other positions are on your team. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with your take. I, I want to use this as an opportunity to voice something that I have never voiced publicly. And I, I think it's about time. So there were rumors that the Packers, I'm going on a Packers rant, just a, just a heads up. Uh, okay. okay. So like, where's this going? The, the Packers have been were rumored to be in the trade market for Jonathan Taylor. Apparently, they made an offer for Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, we have Aaron Jones, who's banged up. So you think maybe they're trying to replace that. But the Packers spent a second-round pick on A.J. Dillon a few years ago, right? And we were all up in arms about the A.J. Dillon pick when it happened. Um, and, and now I'm hearing, you know, like Derrick Henry, that Packers might go and get Derrick Henry. And I'm thinking to myself, like, at the beginning of the season, I would have been really pissed if we made a trade for Derrick Henry. Now... For those of you that watch A.J. Dillon play football, I've never seen a guy so big just be so inept at taking on contact and running somebody over. Like, he literally never does it, right? He's like 240 pounds, and anybody – like, a corner can come and make contact with him in the hole, and A.J. Dillon's going down. Like, he does not have the wherewithal to not just run the guy over but to keep going. Like, it's contact, and he just falls over. So – that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about in like these drafts, right? Like you, you might love a Gibbs and you might like, like these running backs taken in the second round and want to go get them. But like, it's just, the value's just not there, right? Like it's just not there. So you might, <laughs> you might go draft a guy in the second round and then you're still in the hunt for Derrick Henry, just like an NFL team is. So just something to keep in mind and something that's been really pissing me off watching Packer games that I had to voice. We can see if we could, we can call it AJ Dillon's people and, Maybe you could you could say that to him, but um, I agree it's it's a balance issue with AJ Dillon. He's he's big, he's obviously strong, but the balance is just not there. So if you don't if you don't have good contact balance, it doesn't matter if your quads look insane. You're still gonna go down because you don't have balance. And I think that's the thing that for the last three years they've been trying to force this like thunder to Aaron Jones's lightning, and it's just been 
so apparent how much better that offense runs when it's Aaron Jones out there instead of A.J. Dillon because for all of Dillon's power and what he's supposed to be, that contact balance is just not there. So there was nothing to really work off of. And I actually think last week was one of his better games maybe ever in that regard. And But it's still clearly not the same when Jones isn't 100% and isn't out there. So it just is what it is. But I still don't think you guys should should trade for Derrick Henry. I, I don't think no. you should do that either. I don't think we should trade for anything because I think we're just not a playoff team right now, right? So, like, why do that? Mm -hmm. But, okay, let's get into the meat and potatoes, right? We're not here to talk about running backs and wide receivers. We're here to talk about some offensive linemen, and I think that's where the value is this year. So you you might be a team that, again, is has a big hole at tackle. You might be interested in going and trading for some young stud like a uh, – you know, maybe maybe Rashawn Slater's having a bad year and you think you can go get him. But I'm telling you, the team that has him is going to want more than a first round pick. So you're going to give a first and a second or a first and a third for what could be a franchise tackle and could end up being a really good trade. But just remember, right, there's been five, six uh, tackles taken in the first round the last few years. So you're likely trading two tackles to get the one right that you think is better. Um, and I just don't think that's a great strategy, especially I think a lot of teams overestimate where they are and they go do a trade like that. And then they realize they have three other holes and they don't have the picks next year to, to kind of fix it. So um, I'm aiming for some veterans here. And there are guys that are stepping up and doing really well. Names that probably teams don't value very highly, right? Like Rob Havenstein for the Rams has been really good. Uh, Jake Matthews in Atlanta has been really good. And the Pats, Trent Brown, another guy, right? So these are guys all at the tackle position that each week have been very consistent. And you can literally probably trade for, for you know, if the team is not a playoff team that you're trading with, you could probably go get them for a six-round pick. Like, I think that's very realistic. And you're getting a tackle that you plug in and it's going to be able to start for you every week and going to do a good job. They're all old guys, right? Like, they're all well past that 30-year mark. Um Jake Matthews might have two, three, four years left. So that might be an investment where I'd say if you can get him for a fifth, sixth round pick, go do that because you'll have him for a few years and he's going to really help your team win. But those other guys, right? Like you're, you're making a one-year investment and you don't know, right? These aren't got like Jake Matthews aside, the other two guys aren't guys that every year are studs. So, you know, great that they're having a great year. You hope it continues. That's why you're, you know, maybe trading that sixth round pick for them. But the next year, if they don't, like you can drop them, right? And, and, move on and be okay with it because it was just a six round pick. So, um, you know, those are names that I have, Ray, do you have any other guys? I actually didn't have too much on the offensive line. Uh, in particular, part of that is because I already have like nine offensive tackles on my, on my roster. And I think like five of them are on injured reserve. So there's that, um, which has just been the case for me every single year for some reason. Um, that's, you let one David Bakhtiari in your in your offensive tackle room and it just spreads. Just the, the injuries are just contagious. Um, one thing to note, though, you mentioned uh, Rob Havenstein there. Wait till after this week's game. He's going up against the Dallas Cowboys. He's going up against Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and Dorrance Armstrong. I anticipate that will not be one of his higher graded games this season. Might bring his value down just a tad, and then you kind of make your move there if your you know trade deadline is the start of week nine or week ten. Um, maybe able to finagle a slight discount there, but overall, I think I think that's sound, right? I think it's you're gonna you're gonna be very hard pressed to trade for a 25 year old offensive tackle that is performing well. People just aren't gonna give that up. That just doesn't happen. But you get that 31, 32-year-old tackle that's still playing for another two years or so, and you just really want to plug a hole, um, make that move. But again, keep in mind, we've been saying this, this is a pretty good offensive tackle class at the top, right? So if if you're looking for a, I don't want to say Band-Aid because it sounds a little harsh, but if you're looking for a shorter-term solution through a trade, that's great. But do not hamstring your ability to solve that position for the long term because we talked about it last week. Offensive tackle is that one premium position in the NFL right now that is not deep. All right. Edge deep. Receiver deep. Tackle not deep. So it's a scarce position at the top. So if you have the ability to get a top prospect at that position and you need to, do not pass that up. Do not take that opportunity away from yourself at the trade deadline this season for something shorter term, because 
that's a big hole that you need to have filled on your roster for the long haul. If you're going to make, you know, consistent championship runs or, or be in contention for titles in the league, because it's, it's just that important and it's that scarce. Absolutely. So if you don't have anything else on the offensive line, I have some guards and centers. I'll just mention real quick. So the -hmm. bills have Greg Van Roten, who again, guy that's like performing way out of his league, doing really well, can go get cheap Ravens. Kevin Zeitler has been great. Ravens is actually the situation I would buy in the most, right? You have that mobile quarterback, makes it a bit easier for for your offensive linemen. um, And it's just a good situation. It's usually a consistent situation. So that's a guy I would definitely go and try to get. I think you could get, again, very, very cheap. Sixth, seventh round pick is going to make that happen. Center, Jason Kelsey is a guy that's, right, he's probably going to retire after the season. So you can probably get him cheap. But if you are a Jason Kelsey owner, because it's a name, because it's a name brand, you probably want something more. So if you want kind of the the discounted version, David Andrews on the Pats, another older guy that is performing really well. He has been consistent. He is kind of like a seasoned vet, but people seem to not really value him that highly. So maybe you can get him for a six round pick instead and have him for a few years. Um, just a name to mention, but okay. Do you have guys on the defensive line you want to talk about, Ray? Uh, looking through my notes here, I, I don't, I, it's man, I got small guys on my list today. I, I, I wrote down names and they're all, they're all skill guys. It's I'm all right. So today. then, so then you pause, I'm going to go on the defensive line. Do it. There are run two it. names in Atlanta, right? That Ooh, Atlanta's defensive line has been mm-hmm. better than expected. Right. And they invested a lot into it. You have David Anyamata and you have Kalias Campbell, both guys that are over that 30 year mark that might not have a lot of time left in the NFL. You can get cheap. Actually, before this season, Kalias Campbell's a guy I did go and got cheap. I think I traded a, a sixth-round pick for him just to have him for the year to build depth at defensive interior. One thing I wanted to mention is, like, if you're hearing us talk about the draft pick value for these players, it's because obviously we don't know who you have on your team. But also, one mistake I see teams make is they go and they trade from their depth at other positions to fix a weakness at a position. But I think that's kind of like it puts you in a bad position because you don't know when injuries are going to strike and you don't want to give up from your strength. I think defensive interior is a position that it's really important to be deep at because when you put three out there and they're consistently good, that's one of the biggest like cheat codes in this game that you can have. So if you lose that guy or you lose that depth at defensive interior, it's going to put you in a bad place. Like long term, you're going to be in a bad place. So don't trade from that depth. But a Kalias Campbell, if you're a losing team, that's a guy you're not going to have probably in a year or two because he's going to retire. So go trade him. And that's a guy, even if you think you're strong, right, at defensive interior, go add that guy because he will add that depth. So I talked about kind of like the the discount bin players. But Aaron Donald, I mean, I don't know what it would take to get him. I think I made an offer to somebody for Donald and offered him like a third and a fourth. And they just like laughed and were like, hell no, right? Which I get. He's one of the best defense players of all time. But how much time does Aaron Donald have left, right? And if, you, if you're if you brave and want to offer a second and third round pick for Donald, you know, you're, you're getting a high-level player that's going to be consistent and a difference maker. Kalias Campbell's getting you 70 grades. Donald's going to get you that high 80s, 90s grades every week. So literal difference maker for your team, somebody that you might want to go get. And then I'm going to go to edge really quickly with Cam Jordan. Well, again. Real quick, if, you're, if, if you're done with uh, defensive interior, I mean, yeah. the same thing that you said also applies to the other Falcons defensive interior player in Grady Jarrett over 30 years old now, still performing very well. Right. Um, but isn't like that a top five defensive interior player where someone might hold on to him for a huge premium, but he's going to get you good weeks and he is over that 30 year old mark as well. So I think I just want to say that that also applies to Grady Jarrett over there in Atlanta. So that that's, that's the name as you were, as you were going through that, I was like, well, th- let's, let's throw him in the mix. Why not? I'm a discount bin guy, you know, those, those name brands, I try to stay away from, you know, and, but Grady Jerry. Yeah. Like if, if you can get them and somebody's willing to give them up for cheap, great guy to go get. Absolutely. Um, edge cam Jordan saints, another guy, I think he's 36 years old. The way, the way that he's still playing at a high level is absurd, but another name that I would go get, right. If you're weak at edge edge is a deep, deep group. So I hope that you're not. And that's why I only put one name on this list because most teams have deep edge groups. But if you don't, Cam Jordan, go get him. He's he's not a bad guy to have. I have Cam Jordan. You want to send me an offer? I am deep at edge, so no thank oh, you. Oh, yeah, you're deep. I'm, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. I'll check your Gmail. <laughs> yeah, deeper than you. So uh, That's uh, that's not true. 
I have nine. Think? Yeah, but it doesn't mean they're good, right? Like I have, I have Micah Parsons, Josh Allen, Josh Sweat, uh, Daniil Hunter, Cam Jordan, Brian Burns, Hassan nine, Reddick. Nine's too many. Like nine is too many. So like, you know, that's why you're. That's why you have like one win. I have nine because people in my league keep saying, oh, well, go get yourself Cam Jordan. Oh, well, I'm not going to trade for Cam Jordan. Well, then I'm just going to keep Cam Jordan. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do. I'm not going to drop him. All right. Well, that's that's your prerogative. Do you have any linebackers to mention, or am I just going to keep going here? I already went uh, to – oh, like I'm up as far as trade? No, I, small guys. Okay, small so guys. I'm going to go linebacker, another Saint, Demario Davis. Right, another older guy. He's actually the number one linebacker in all twenty-two right now. High-scoring linebacker in our league. Um, so if he's a guy that you can go get, if he's on a losing team, he's consistent. Right, he's super consistent, still playing at an obviously extremely high level, and might have a couple of years left because he's playing at that high level. Maybe he believes he can do it for a while longer. So I would definitely make a trade for him. And then Jordan Hicks on Minnesota has stepped up and done a really good job. That linebacker group has been a surprise there. It's been a, a solid group. Um, another older guy that I would go get. Small guys, do you have corners? I have a corner, and this is a, a very... Corner. Yes. Okay. This is a this is a very specific play. This is a long-term play. If you're a contender, you're not doing this. If if you... You don't even have to be rebuilding to do this, per se. And you know what? Maybe if you are a contender, you could probably do this, too. But I don't know if you've like just kind of, you know, walking through the neighborhood, you kind of make a right turn and you just kind of walk down Miami Dolphins Twitter. But Miami Dolphins Twitter is very upset that Cam Smith has not gotten more playing time. And, you know, their, their coaches have said he has to, you know, learn to be a better pro and, and improve his preparation week to week, yada, 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 all that coach speak, right? Eli Apple is just getting just crushed every single week and they still have not played Cam Smith. I think he got like his first snaps last week, uh, like six of them. So Cam Smith has not gotten on the field. He was a second round draft pick. This, this past draft has a lot of talent, a lot of upside. And Jalen Ramsey is coming back over the next couple of weeks. I believe he's already practicing or is set to practice this coming week. So if someone has Cam Smith, they're probably frustrated he hasn't gotten any playing time, let alone more playing time. Just again, just kind of just take that walk through Miami Dolphins Twitter. You'll see what I'm talking about. And with Jalen Ramsey returning, there really is no path to playing time on the field this year for Cam Smith at corner. So you can probably snag him very low. I was actually able to get him on waivers, but in kind of perusing uh, most of my other leagues, he he is on rosters for the most part and just the back end of other cornerback rotations. But again, there's really no path to him to playing this year, especially once Ramsey comes back. But the Dolphins, our team, both corners are just aging. They're old. They're up there in age. They're not going to be there for the long haul. And this is still someone with pretty decent draft capital who checks a lot of boxes physically and is in a good situation in a good defense, you know, that just has a lot of talent and it's a good organization. So if you could trade a later pick, you can get him for that fifth round pick or a back end linebacker or something that you're not married to. I know you just said not really trading depth for depth, but I would, I'm making that trade like just a hundred times out of a hundred, because I think this is a really talented football player who has just been just, just locked out of playing time right now. Doesn't really have a path to the field. But in the future, that path looks pretty darn open. And at cornerback, where it's hard to get good ones, or at least consistent good ones, I think it's a flyer worth taking. So I'm kind of off the off the path here in my trade targets from when we're talking about like, hey, get this guy for you know improving your contention for for this year's title or something like that. This is the total other direction in that regard. This is a complete future play, but. People are frustrated he's not on the field. And if you can get whoever is his owner in your league and he has that same mindset, this could be a really good pickup. Yeah, I feel like that could almost be its own episode in itself, right? It's like if you're the seller and you have a Calais Campbell and somebody's like, yeah, I'll either give you a fifth round pick or Cam Smith. It's like, yeah, take Cam Smith, right? That's probably a good investment to make. And you know, that is a strategy that I would suggest doing where 
you recognize that there's some underperforming player on a team and it's a player maybe that you liked in the draft and you're you're like hey this might be my opportunity to go get him i think another example of that was like daxton hill last year right like daxton hill barely played last year for the Bengals and has been pretty good this year right like he's not a top 10 safety right now but i think he's shown that he has what it takes to be a starting level player and has improved a lot right so you know, if if you can get a player like that because some team just thinks, all right, I, I got a bust, go do that. Absolutely, 100% of the time. But uh, I'm going to maintain kind of the direction I've been going with, with a guy on the Colts, Kenny Moore, who is on the older side. And I've actually just looked. He's the number nine ranked player, uh, high scoring player in all 22 right now at corner. And in two of the two leagues I checked, I only checked two. But he is a free agent in both of them. So again, you have a top 10 corner that's just available. So if you can go add a guy like that, go do it. But if he's not available, that's the kind of value he has, right? Where he's like a borderline rosterable player. People are thinking of him, him that way. So like a seventh round pick probably gets the deal done. Um, guy like Kenny Moore can probably help you win. So that's, that's my name getting back into that. Like if I'm trying to win. Uh, and then at safety, right? So... Harrison Smith and Micah Hyde, like the safety position is a position very unlike other athletic skill positions where, you know, you look at receiver and corner and running back. It's just, it's mostly young guys, right? Like the high scoring players are mostly young receiver. Yes. You have like Tyree kill and stuff like that. Devonte Adams, but safety is kind of different than that, where the best players at the position we checked last year are older players, right? And Harrison Smith and Micah Hyde are guys like that, that are well into their thirties and still performing at a very high level. So you can get, I think like in uh, Tyrone Matthew is another example of that, a guy that's just well into his thirties. That's, that's doing really great still. Right. So there's plenty of guys at the safety position. I would say if you lack depth there, that should be a, a relatively easy one to go make a trade for and, and just build depth for your team. I like it. I actually went a bit younger at safety and I'm kind of threading a needle a little bit here, but I think you may be able to pull it off in Deshaun Elliott of, of Miami. And this is a player who's been a journeyman in the NFL kind of bounced around. I think this is his third team now uh, between Baltimore, uh, I think Detroit and now, and now the dolphins. And if you just look at him in our platform, he's been performing very consistently week to week. And most people do not have him valued very highly at all. Every, every time I look, he's a fourth safety. I think he was in waivers in one league in particular. But for the most part, he's just someone in the back end of a safety rotation. But he's 26 years old. And if you just look, A, even just in the short term at his weekly performance, I mean, after just a subpar week one, you got green throughout ever since. And then just year to year for his career. He's not a game breaker by any means. He's been just a very high, like high sixties, uh, you know, level player. And then this year it's a contract year. He's having a career year, so to speak. Uh, so far, 78.5 season grade. He is the eighth ranked safety uh, in the league right now overall. And his value is certainly not eighth among all safeties, but he is just 26 years old. So this is someone where, uh, you can you can target him. He's probably not a key contributor for somebody uh, in their safety rotation, or that he's not being valued as such. Where you can get him, and he can help you this year, but also for another three years, let's say. Um, given his age, obviously, you'll see where you know where the future takes him. He'll end up, you know, maybe in a different situation altogether. We're not sure if he's with the Dolphins next year again, uh, as well. But at least for this year. He's in a great situation. He's on a good defense. He's been performing well, and that defense is only getting better when Jalen Ramsey comes back, which is going to make his situation improve as well. If you're a safety and you get the best corner in the league or one of the top five corners in the league today back out in front of you, that's going to free you up and make your job easier and allow you to make some more plays to be had. So I think the arrow is pointing up at the very least for the remainder of this year and given his age, and we'll see how the contract shakes out, possibly the next two or three thereafter too. So uh, I think that's a name that is not going to command a lot of capital in the trade market that can really help you if you have a need at safety. I like it. I like it a lot. And I mean, there's there, there are going to be guys like that. And I, I would say 
proceed with caution, right? Because I think sometimes we see um, that happen where these these players, especially like contract year players, right? Like haven't had great careers and all of a sudden 26 years old, they're having like an amazing year. Uh, and then the next year it's like, they come back to earth. And I think uh, Edmonds was a good example of that last year. He had like the highest graded season of his life and uh, people were like really excited about him. And not that he's been bad this year, he hasn't been, but it's, it's not, you know, like it's not what we, you know, would would say go make a like a big investment in. So just definitely pr- proceed with caution there. I wouldn't overbuy because somebody might say, oh, he's 26 years old. Like I'm not giving him up for peanuts, even though he's probably worth peanuts, right? So something to think about. Um, but I do think it'd be interesting to look peanuts, at, you know, like honey roasted, pe- you know, like nice peanuts. Like ballpark peanuts. Yeah. Like really nice peanuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we did warn you all about uh, about Edmonds heading into this year that what he was great at last year was not necessarily sustainable year to year. So hopefully it, you kind of took that to heart. Yeah, definitely. But I do I do like your approach and I would think that it'd be a fun conversation to have. Unfortunately, I don't think we have time, you know, today, but like looking at each position saying if I'm a seller, right, if I have the older guy, who's the young player that's underperforming that I go invest in? I think quarterback, right? It's like Zach Wilson might be like, worth your time to roster right so like, i don't think zach wilson's worth my time come on roster. you don't think so no no all right well i'm saying I, I i disagree i think like it's worth rostering zach wilson right like I, i'm the type of guy like i have five quarterbacks in these leagues because it's just you need it right if you don't have a good one you're you're done uh but like yeah like who's the running back right like who in your mind is the running back that's young and underperforming that you would target See, that's interesting because I think running back is the one position where if you're not performing while you're young, I don't want you at all. Um, you need Fair. to do it right away. <laughs> but like, look um, at Zach Moss, right? Like Zach Moss was an underperforming young guy. He's having a good year. I don't think Zach Moss was ever young. Didn't he come into the league at like 24 years old? I don't think he was ever Stop. young. I think this he was just, just right. I think he underperformed because he was so old, you know, like he was already done by the mm-hmm. time he got into the league. Typical like Utah 25 year old rookie. So. Yeah. All right, so I guess I'll change it. Offensive lineman. Is there an offensive lineman, young and underperforming, that you would go say, go try oh to get gosh. that guy? Probably. Like, like I remember Jordan Davis last year, like had a really rough rookie season, right? But this year he looks great. Uh, Jack Campbell, my guy, is having yeah. you know, a tough rookie season. So can you go make a trade for a Jack Campbell? If somebody bought him for a second and would trade him for a fourth, like, yeah, like go do that. You'll have him for the future. Yeah, one guy, see, he's not young. I mean, well, Zion Johnson is another. Uh, it could be hit or miss because, you know, these are these are guys who were drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, so some guys may still value them very highly. But mm-hmm. Zion Johnson has not performed very well. 64.8 is a rookie, which is, it's fine. Rookie year, uh, you know, you don't expect, you know, a little bit above league average, that's fine. Uh, but right now, he's the 40th guard in the league right now. He's not performing very well. Uh, year to date, just a 60 season grade. So he's like pretty much been completely replacement level. But I mean, that's someone, if you still believe in the upside, that could be a name, right? He's not performing very well. Maybe that price tag has dropped uh, a little bit. If you're talking like young guys, I think, I think that's when you can target. Um, I, I don't know. Do people still value Tevin Jenkins very highly? Uh, I, I would think so. Cause he had a great 2022 and he's, but he's kind of been injured this year and the bears are, are a bit of a mess, but I think Zion Johnson is a name there on the offensive line. Young hasn't performed kind of what you would have expected of him thus far already. And I guess, you know, what, I'll extend that to Kenyon green. Someone might be done with Kenyon green already because he had a very poor rookie year and now he's hurt and just hasn't been on the field. And people just might not have time for that. might be fed up with that. And that's someone, at least me in particular, I like as a player coming into the league a lot. Um, Whether he holds up, whether the injuries really impact him long-term, you know, that's yet to be seen. But I think actually you look at both 2022 first round guards in Zion Johnson and Kenyon Green, I think they might fit the bill of kind of what you're saying, underperforming young players who you may be able to get at a discount, but it all depends because some guys may still hold that premium price tag on them just because of what they invested in them or what their NFL draft capital was when they first came into the league. Yeah. I think another name I'll throw in the ring, a guy that has not been good at all in his NFL career, but he's in his fourth year at 24 years old. So he was a 20 year old starter in the NFL is Austin Jackson. Um, 
Austin Jackson, right? He hasn't been good, but he's still getting reps on the football fields because that offensive line hasn't been good and there's been injuries. So like, do you, are you ready to quit on a 24 year old just because he hasn't had a good career yet, but it's like, all right, but he was 20, right? Like he's a 20 year old playing in the NFL and we know how good that offense is, right? We know how talented the other guys around him are. Uh, do we think that a guy like Austin Jackson is worth even rostering at this point? I don't know. But if you if you do, if you're one of the people that do believe in him, I'd definitely say, you know, go get him, trade a seventh round pick for him and just take a shot. He's on my roster. You want to send a trade for him? I, I, we'll start a trade off right now. Austin Jackson and and um, uh, Cam Jordan. Just send <laughs> something over for each of them based on this episode. I'm looking yeah. forward to your offer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I appreciate it, Ray. Because that's what I need. Cam Jordan. I have I have Nick Bosa. I have Max Crosby right. and Rashawn Gary. Like I'm I'm good, buddy. I'm good. That's amazing. That's that's two injuries waiting to happen. And a guy who's played like a thousand snaps consecutively so far. Who's people out there when you're, when, the when you're doing when you're doing trade talks with like other people in your league, don't talk about their players getting hurt. That is just like a that's a really jerky way to do business, right? Like that's why Ray and I don't make trades because he's a big that, jerk. That's not why we don't make <laughs> trades. That's not why we don't make trades. Maybe you don't make trades because you say, oh, this guy's good to go after. And then I go, I got him. Never, like, yeah, I don't want him anymore. Have we still never, never completed a trade? We never. haven't even done a pick swap. We've never we've never done any trades. Are you we've serious? Played football together for like 15 years. We're gonna do one, guys. That's all right. All 22 podcast listeners. My goal for next by next podcast is to complete a trade next with Ray podcast? in one of our league. Yeah, by next we have a week or five days, whatever it is, to complete a trade. We're gonna do it. We're gonna make it happen. Our first one in history. What's gonna happen? Like the floodgates uh-huh. are gonna open. Maybe like. You know, the apocalypse will be upon us. We'll do that trade, like you know how the, the NFL trades go, right? I'll I'll send you like this this player on the back end of my roster, and like a seventh for your sixth. You know, we could do one of those. Yeah, yeah I like that. I like that. Just break the seal. We're gonna make it happen. Break the seal. Yeah. All right. Well. Until then, thank you everyone for tuning in. And if you haven't yet, please give us a follow on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at all twenty two underscore PFF mixed up the order that time. Look at me. And then give us a like and follow on YouTube or Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us that five-star review. All right. And thanks for tuning in.